Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, we're coming to you today. Um, life's been crazy for us. Um, and it, it really is, we, we missed last week due to a family event that it was uh, it's something we couldn't get around. It, we really mentally weren't really prepared or or willing to come on due to what was happening in our life. So welcome to our crazy life because it, uh, it does... No one has the perfect life. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. Don't care what Facebook says. It's just life. So, hey, we wanted to come on here. And today, I, I, God kind of put on me is, is fear because there's, there's a lot of things going on right now from economy to food to you name it. I mean, high fuel prices. How are we going to make it? And, um, really the the subject of fear and i've talked about this before so i hope that if excuse me if i'm repeating this from a previous podcast that means somebody else needs to hear it and it could be you so um what do we do with fear um because fear can be so overwhelming fear can be one of those things that just locks us up um a fear of what may be coming what could be coming. I know if, if you watch any social media, there's, there's a bunch of things that could happen. Um, and I'm not saying they won't, I'm just saying, what do you do with it? Cause that's, that's really what it comes down to is fear is one of those things that is from Satan that, uh, that is your, what, what are you basing your fear off of, I guess? That's kind of what I was just wanting to talk about today because it really, um, I lived in fear for 44 years and I'm, I'm really kind of over it. I'm not saying I, I'm not fearful. That's not what I, I say. Um, fearing God's one thing. Um, but I also have bad weeks where I feel everything. And honestly, most of it for most of us is, just the boogeyman that may not happen. Well, and I think too, you know, a lot of us, we're getting older. Um, we've made it through raising our children and, you know, things like that, things that are an automatic of fear. Am I going to raise them right? Are they going to choke on this? Are they going to survive our parenting ability? So, um, fortunately, we've kind of gone through that fear of raising children and that kind of thing, just because we're, we are older and we've had lots of life lessons. And, but, you know, I sit here and think a lot of my fear, I would say, comes from just the unknown of what's going to happen. So I know the last time that we were on here, um, we talked about my sister being sick. And so last week, exactly a week ago today, um, us being why we didn't come on as she passed away and she went to be with the Lord. And we take great comfort in that. And that's what David and I just prayed this morning before we got on here, because we have another um, family that we know fairly well that is getting ready to um, bury their brother. Um, and But knowing that our loved ones go on to be with Jesus um, is such a comfort and then we don't know what to do with it um, when we are left behind. And I know for me, I've struggled. Um, my mom, I don't want to say that I fear for her. 
Um, I'm highly concerned because she's buried now three children and her husband and her brother. And so there's just a lot that I, you know, am concerned for her for. I don't want to call it fear because I don't fear for her life. I don't fear that she's going to go with, be with Jesus. I don't fear that she's going to die or that this is going to do her in or whatever, but just concern um, that her little heart is broken and there's nothing that I can do to fix it. Um, but fear is a, um, it's a slippery slope, you know? And I think that, um, you know, it's easy to say, trust God, rely on God. There is no fear in God. And (laughs) all of that's true, but walking in that and, and living that on a day-to-day basis is sometimes easier said than done. But I will tell you that when you have a close relationship with Jesus and you are walking with him daily, um, there is nothing to fear because he can give you the comfort and the peace um, that surpasses all understanding. And yet um, you just have to give it to him. If you hold on to whatever it is that's causing this fear, no, he's not going to give you that because he wants you to trust him and he wants you to express it to him. And so um, just verbalizing what it is that you may be fearful of or that may be causing you anxiety or stress, um, remembering to discuss it with God and let him lead you and guide you in the way that he wants you to go. Yeah. And you bring up some, oh man, so many great, great, great points. And, and, um, you know, I'd like to clarify because, um, you know, for anyone that's, that doesn't know who Christ is, um, we are not talking about a religious system in a church. Yes. That, that is not what we're talking about. Um, I don't care how you were raised or how much you were hurt. Trust me, been there, done that, got that scar slash tattoo. Um, but what we're talking about is a relationship with Christ, not a uh, attendance to church. The, those are completely different things. And I want to clarify, church has its place. It does do great things. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but what what we're talking about is a relationship, which what to me what that means is when you were a kid and you lived in a neighborhood, I mean, we grew up in the 70s, so which seems like an eternity ago. ago. So anyone that's younger, you may not understand this, Mm -hmm. but we used to run the neighborhood. I mean, you left in the morning, you didn't know where you were going and you come back at dark or when the lights come on it, that was just the rule where you can't do that today. And I understand that, but you know, but all of our parents had a signal to get a hold of you in the neighborhood to come home. Whether it's a whistle, whether it was a hauler, whether it was uh, there was multiple things, and and you know whenever when when I, when I say relationship, you know when my dad whistled, you stopped and you turned around and you looked because I knew it was dad. That's the type of relationship we're talking with Christ, where when He talks or gives you a nudge, you know it's Him. Um, 
and and again, I'm not talking down on churches, but the church can't save you. Correct. No one in the church can save you. Yes. Only Christ can. So anyway, I wanted to clarify that because that gets a little muddy when you start involving religion and who and where and what denomination and what pat okay i'm not talking about any of that um that that's kind of the next conversation but start just start asking questions i guess well and you know okay so how do you hear god you're not gonna you don't hear an audible voice of him saying do this do this um walk in this way but like David says, there's a there's a gentle nudge, or there's a thought that comes into your head um, that won't go away. Um, reading His Word, there it, it's a, you know, we've heard the Bible described as a love letter from Jesus to us, um, and that's true. You know, there's so many great things in God's Word that can lead you and direct you. And he will, you know, I have found that when I go to God's word and I ask him to reveal to me what I need to see or hear, and I use quotations on here, um, in his word, then inevitably he shows me something that I either haven't seen before or he shows it to me in a different way than I maybe have read it before. And so God's word is a, the best possible tool that you can use in order to he, you know, hear from God. And again, I use hear in quotations. But if you're you know, having a conversation with God is you know, being thankful to him and telling him how much you appreciate the blessings that he has given you because no matter how bad life seems, there's always blessings and then trusting that he has a plan for you and trusting his plan. I don't understand why a lot of things have happened even over the last week to two weeks. I don't, I don't get it. And that's been my verbiage for almost every day. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know. But the beauty of it is, is I don't have to get it. I don't have to know because he knows and I trust that he, his plan is better than my plan and his ways are better than my ways. And so I know that whatever I'm going through right now and as hard as it is to, to understand or to, to live through is a better word, right. that he's got a plan and that he will get me through it if I just trust him and rely on him. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He's our comforter. He's our refuge. He's all the things that... Bring us peace. Yeah, no, it really, it's one of those things that um, it just takes time. And, you know, and that's why I wanted to clarify that point, because it's uh, not an advertisement for any one church or denomination. Um, And if, you know, because fear ties directly into that. Um, when, When you start talking about what do you fear? Are you going to have enough money this week to pay all the bills? What does that look like? How do you get there? You know, um, it's a lonely world if you're by yourself. And what I mean is if you're truly, 
it's just you and you got to figure it out and you have no one to rely on. And, and we rely on God a lot. Um, he is not one that he's not a genie. He's not a rescuer. He doesn't just poof, make it happen. Um, but a lot of times he shows us where, where we need to correct things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we don't need a $150 cable bill. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't need a brand new car. Maybe we, and so, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of clarify that cause we kind of create a lot of the situations and then we blame God because you know, we created it, had to have this, had to do this, felt like it was the best thing. So we dive off the bridge and then it's like, where was God? Why, why did he leave me high and dry? Well, first of all, you were driving the car, you drove off the cliff by yourself. And so it's kind of one of those things when you start talking about fear, what I found is a lot of the fear, a portion and a large portion is fear that I've created problems I created that need to be cleaned up. And if I had cleaned them up, then it wouldn't have been a problem. Uh, no different than we're cleaning out our old buildings, going to get them sold. Should have done that 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years is a long time. Let's say two years ago. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of the last piece of my mom that I have cause she passed away and it's kind of that, what I've realized over the last couple of weeks is that that's the last place we work together. Mm-hmm. The last place. So I've been hanging on to that. God's told me repeatedly to get rid of them. And that made up excuse. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I can't make it work. I don't know how to get there. When really it just come down to that once I realized I was hanging them on, hanging on to it because that was kind of the last piece of my mom. Um, once I understood that, then it's like, okay, we need to get rid of them. I can tell you, we will be financially a lot better off by getting rid of them. But it's that fear of losing that connection. So fear comes in many ways, not just the boogeyman in the dark, but fear comes in the way of, is this my last touch of, for me, the buildings were my mom. Once I sell them, then I, I feel like I would losing the connection. Um, so, and that's the reason why fear is a slippery slope because you, you, you don't really realize that it's fear until you really dig on it. Well, and I think too, that brings up, I know for years, um, I think that, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but if you really stop and think about what I'm about to say, Um, Those of you who are, um, you know, a little bit more driven and who want to be successful and that kind of thing. But I think that we lived a lot in the fear of what if I get too successful? What if the business does take off like we've never seen it before and we can't handle it or we screw it up or we dot, 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 you know? So yes, the fear takes so many, there's so many different ways that you can be fearful. Even, you know, most people think, well, that's the whole goal is to be successful, to make the business successful, to make your career successful, to climb the ladder. Um, But I I have talked to several people and, and again, know of, you know, us for one 
that I think that we chose not to make some significant changes or take some significant steps because there was that, in the back of our minds, that little fear of, what if you do make it? Right. Which that makes no sense. Um, but again, it conjures up, well, if we do make it, then what obstacles are there going to be for that? Again, what are we going to do to screw it up? Right. What are we going to do to, when in reality, you know, when we went through our marriage crisis and we were going through all our stuff and God called us to sell everything but the business and do all of that, <laughs> our realization was, and this is humorous because we're, I guess we're just not very bright, but the business that we have is God's business. And we are just the managers of it. And right. sometimes that is very difficult for us to remember and comprehend. He has given us what we need in order to sustain the business. And he has not given us any more than what we can handle, what I feel like we can handle, or what he knows we can handle. Right. We think we can give more. You know, I want enough <laughs> money to pay all the bills off. Well, he gives us enough just for each day to maybe meet the one bill that we have to pay right. that particular day. And so, um, you know, like David said, there's so many different fingers to fear that um, you just have to recognize that you can't control it or handle it on your own, that without God... Because he is the opposite of fear. And so he's the one that you need to go to and rely on. Yeah, and I, this isn't a huge fear problem for me, but I know it is for a lot of people. Um, it is some to me, but not only specific people, but is the fear of hurting their feelings, mm -hmm. letting them down, fear. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I happen to know somebody very closely that kind of, but I mean, I deal with that to a point and it's usually specific people, but you know, as she was saying, fear of, well, what if it grows too much? Well, what if you are like in our situation where we've owned, own a company in the past, we've had people there that shouldn't have been there. And we knew that. But out of fear of what are we going to do? What are they going to think? How are we going to make it? What was this? Well, if we hurt their feelings, I mean, it just kind of goes all over the board. So when you start talking about fear, fear is one of those things that's ingrained in almost every little detail if you're willing to look at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's really where you get to the point of, once you cross that and start conquering it, you need to understand with fear, 90% of it or more, maybe 99.9%, I'm kind of making this up, so don't <laughs> document this and report it, but um, never happens. Or it's a bad situation that lasts for half a day. So when you look at a lifetime is it worth walking through the fear this moment and deal with it for half a day to have a year's worth of direction and joy? I mean, it's, 
it's really, I can see the repercussions in our past, even in our relationship. I mean, really, I can see them in every situation where, where fear overrode. We didn't want to go through the pain of dealing with it. What if they never talk to me again? What if they, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it really, you know, I think that ties in relations, relationship wise greatly because fear is, we don't want to go through the pain. Well, and a lot of fear comes from the conversations that we have in our head. Right. Especially when I didn't communicate in our marriage, it was because of the conversation that I had already had in my head of how our conversation was going to go and how David was going to react to whatever it is I had to tell him. And I would be willing to say nine times out of ten, it went completely different than I had had in my head and the fear if I had the conversation, right. let me preface it that, because a lot of times I just chose not to have the conversation because of the fear that overrode whatever I was going to have to talk to him about. But nine times out of 10, if I chose to move forward in the conversation, it went completely different and better than the conversation that I'd had in my head and the fear that was holding me back from having the crucial conversation. Well, and I know, and a lot of it was truly legitimate due to the way I was in the past. And uh, so what what I tell people now is, is when there's something going on, try to find the truth in it, which, which is hard because emotions are tied into it. Um, but if you can really get down to the truth, then what what I found to be true, just like Susan said, explaining it in a different way, when when you need to deal with something, you reach back in your past and you grab the emotions from a previous conversation, you bring them into this, and it's like, well, last time it didn't work out well, so I'm not going to do it again. And And that is true a lot of times. I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's either live miserable or deal with it. And, and that's where even for us in, in different situations, whether it be business or personal, we've chose to take the emotions from the past, a bad experience, this didn't work. Um, I, I can think of a few things I took on company wise to grow and they failed. So sometimes it's like, well, what if this fails? What if this doesn't work? You know, and, and I think pointing it back to God and just, and the thing is, it's like, God, give me some direction here. Give me some wisdom on, on what we need to do from here. Because the thing is, our, our emotions from the past predict a lot of where we go today. And the quicker you realize that, then the quicker you realize that, okay, this is a different day. This isn't the same day we were on when dot, dot, dot happened. And I'm here to tell you, it could have happened 30 years ago and you still have the feelings of that situation. And so I think it's one of those things, some of a failure instead of learning from it. um, I know in my past, I've used it as an anchor, not a thing to learn and go, okay, we don't want to do that again. That was a bad decision looking back, but what can we learn from it? It was more, oh, 
oh, locks you up. Now you don't know where to go. Well, and if I think, <coughs> I, I think if it, and I'm speaking this to myself as well as whoever's listening and needs to hear it, I think if we're carrying something from 30, 20, 10, five years ago, um, then I think the place that we need to go is to ask God to heal us from whatever that is. Um, because if we're hanging on to it for that long, then it has left a really deep hurt or scar. And we need to ask God's healing to remove that from us because that's something that's holding us back from having the life that he designed us to have. Yeah, most definitely. And and the thing is, I mean, God will show you if you're you're willing to look. The problem is a lot of it is tied back to you personally. Some it's really what you got to deal with, not what God's got to deal with. And and you know, I I think back of examples of, um, well, I mean, our marriage is a great example of God change her. Well. God needed to change me. He didn't need to change her. I'm not saying she was perfect and there wasn't things he needed to work on with her as she rolls her eyes. <laughs> I was pretty close. Yeah, but um, I can't change her. And what happened was he started showing things, me, things about me that needed to change. And then I automatically changed from that. Correct. And so it's one of those things that, uh, in a marriage and, and really in all of life, if you start changing, the other person will change as well. And it's, and logically it makes no sense. Um, but in a marriage context, I've been using this a lot. So, and you may have already, I may have already used it 20 times, but I'm going to use it again. Your spouse is a mirror. If things are not going well, they're reflecting off of you. If you're the husband, are you serving your wife? Jesus was a servant leader, and that's what we're called to be. So are you serving her? What does that look like? Um, if, but I can tell you, through a lot of people we know, um, it can just as easy be the wife that's controlling and overbearing as it can be the husband. Um, because the thing is, it's not a, um, specific gender. It's more of what you've been through. So I'm, I'm not getting on to guys. I'm saying in general, in your relationship, um, you know, it's one of those things that if you are, if, if you're the one that is, has a controlling spouse, I can tell you based off me being one. Um, you need to give them truth. Conflict creates change, and change may be bad. I'm not saying it won't be, but I'm saying if you don't say anything, it won't get any better. That I can promise you, because being the one that needed to be in control, it was through Susan saying, I'm done, that shocked me to where I told the counselor, Hey, if I got to run around naked in your parking lot, if that'll help my marriage, I'm in. I didn't know what that meant, but I truly didn't want to see my marriage disappear, but I didn't know what to do. Um, so it's, you know, when you start talking about fear, it, it does get overwhelming. Yeah. And I would just, you know, the th there's a song out there that, um, 
It's called Fear is a Liar, and that's that's kind of where I want to end my portion of it at least is it is fear is a liar it tells you fear is what tells us that we're not good enough that we don't matter that you'll never measure up or whatever words fear tells you but it's fear and it and it's a liar yeah well and and i've got tattooed on my arm i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god Mm -hmm. and the reason why i have that is sometimes fear gets overwhelming to me Mm -hmm. um in different situations some places i i really feel like i've i've kind of conquered a lot of it but in other places i'm just starting so it's it's definitely a journey more than a um destination yeah um yeah and it, it's across your whole life, and and you know my thing is, you got to start somewhere. If you don't do something different, then it's going to continue being the same. Um, and that's that's really for me is you you've got to at least acknowledge first of all that it is fear. That's uh, that's actually the largest hurdle is undering, understanding that you truly fear it. Then what do you do with it? That's that's where you've got to start saying, okay, it is fear. It's not truth. Because if you don't make that acknowledgement, then fear becomes truth. Mm. And then it's completely overwhelming and there's no way out. So... But, you know, really for today, I really would like for, you know, want to leave with you, define if it's fear that's driving whatever the situation is. Is it fear or is it truth? And that is a tough thing to divide. So, hey, we hope you have a good week. Um, We really would love for you to share this with somebody and and uh, if it's helped you, let us know, because we really do this to help other people. But honestly, it helps us a lot mm-hmm. just to be able to talk it through. Hey, have a great week.